Live ECU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. Welcome in, Hoist the Colors on this Wednesday, February 28th edition of the show. Very excited about today's show. We're live on YouTube, live on Facebook, and live on Twitter as well. As always, we'll take your questions, comments, concerns, anything, drop them over the next hour. We'll get to them on today's show. We'll have Bobby Harbour join us the second half of the program, former ECU football staffer under Ruff McNeil. We'll talk about all things ECU athletics with Bobby in the second half of the program. Basketball has a huge game versus Memphis on Thursday. Baseball, of course, hosting the Keith LeClaire Classic this weekend. But we lead off with an ECU football player, a sixth-year senior. He is Chad Stevens. He's in studio. Chad, welcome in, man. How's it going? Thanks for having me, man. Going good, going good. Chad, we've, uh, you know, obviously we covered your recruitment coming out of Southeast Guilford. Seems like a while ago now, but uh, year six, man. So you're, yeah, you're six uh, year. I'm, a, I'm an old man <laughs> in the football world. You uh, do you, do you feel like in the locker room, or does it? Does it um, you still feel like a young guy in there. In the locker room, I definitely feel like it. Um, my body still feels pretty young, so that's good. But um, a lot of dudes that I came in with, and dudes who were here when when I was here, um, are no longer with the program for a bunch of different reasons, and some of it they just graduated, but. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's crazy, man. But I, I think it's awesome. And we were talking before the show. You and Hampton Urkel, we think, are the only six-year seniors. Two. Yeah, class of 2019. There was a bunch of dudes that came in that class. Um, or the last two left though. And I mean, you, you gotta wear that with a, a a big badge of honor in this day and age, where guys don't even make it at a certain school four years, let alone six. I mean, that, right. that, you got to be pretty proud of that. And what you guys have built, I know last season didn't go how you wanted it to, Chad, as far as a win total. Defense played well. We'll get into some of that. But, you know, for, for what you guys have built, you've basically been here from day one for Mike Houston until the end. And uh, I think you got to be pretty proud, right? Yeah, I'm definitely proud of um, kind of what I've inherited. Um, when I got here, it was kind of ugly. And I've seen the good. I've seen the bad. Uh, last year, unfortunately, was bad. But um, this year, we're definitely – Definitely got some different things planned. Chad Stevens with us, East Carolina defensive end, and he's played almost every position on defense. We'll talk about <laughs> that as well in his journey uh, to ECU. But how's the offseason going, man? Uh, obviously, familiarity with some spots, including that defensive line room, but a lot of new guys coming in, too. How, how would you assess the offseason at this point? Oh, we're doing good. Um, we just got done with match drills, so right now we're working on more football-oriented stuff. Um, as everybody's aware, we've brought in a lot of transfers. Brought in some guys on defense as well as offense. So, um, brand new coaching staff on offense too. So we're really just trying to get things going on the, on both sides of the ball. But definitely those offensive guys are trying to get things rolling and, you know, kind of gel and getting that new offense going. And defensively, we're trying to bring those new guys in, teach them how we do things, uh, the system, uh, a little bit of the playbook. So we're just trying to get everybody's feet a little wet before spring ball really kicks off. Coach Houston has said his biggest goal for you guys is to 
you know, find a way to mesh all that together, not only on the field, but like off the field, getting the relationships right. And, you know, culture can be an overused word at times in sports, but I do feel like it is important with you guys and, and this program. So how do you feel like that's coming along as a team leader, like getting everybody, you know, get to know people? Because that really is what makes those relationships tick on the field as well. Yeah, the relationship part is huge. Um, that uh, bowl year we went to, I feel like that was our closest team that I've been a part of here at ECU. I feel like that had a lot to do with the success we had on, on the field and off the field as far as the classroom. And, you know, we had a good amount of wins that year, too. So um, with a lot of dudes coming in, we're, we're trying to just do things a little different this year. Um, you know, just hang out with each other more, try to go grab wings somewhere local in town, uh, go to the bowling alley, uh, play games in the players' lounge. Just things to bring those people who weren't in our program, you know, closer to us and show them how we kind of do things. Because this uh, the little things is really gonna matter um, come September. So yeah, Chad Stevens with us in studio on this Wednesday edition of Voice of Color. So, all right, Matt drills, and I know they're tough. We talked about it with Joe Sampson, who uh, joins us every Friday. Yeah. He, he's kind of walked us through it. But uh, what's the what's the toughest drill you guys do in Matt drills? Is if you can single one out, or is it just the mm-hmm. it's just all together? It, it just sucks. <laughs> Uh, it sucks, but I feel like I'll speak for everybody on this. Uh, it'll probably be Coach Tester's wave drill. It's pretty intense. Um, so what do y'all do on that? Walk me through. So uh, there's like a what is it like a the little thing where you got to stay low. Yeah. I don't even know what so to call you, it, but you got to basically stay right. low. The bar thing, right? Yep. Kind of a bar. Um, he'll say hit. You run to the line, chopping your feet, chopping your feet. Hit again. You run under that shoot. You dive on your stomach. And then he'll blow that whistle. You chop your feet, chop your feet while you're on your stomach, kind of like mountain climbers. Right. Hit, um, like a up down hit. Seat roll, seat roll, seat roll. He'll just whatever he wants to do with you that day. Um, and then he'll make you finish the drill with a front flip, and you sprint ten yards past that line. So. And usually when you are doing that, what is six a.m. and about yeah, thirty it's degrees. Six a.m. It's cold. Um, you're not really up yet. So. Right, but you, it yeah. forces you to get up. Right. right? Um, mental toughness for sure. No doubt. Well, uh, you, you guys have been through a lot of them. Obviously, yourself uh, being here six years, and you know, also just, but that, that's that's part of the culture too. Like Mike Houston's program is always going to be built around toughness. You know, right. I think you've lasted six years because you embrace that on the field. You can see it, Chad. But, it, but for you as a player, did you have to go through any learning curves to embrace that toughness, or were you always kind of that way as a football player? I think I was always a tough guy. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I fit into this program well. Um, I definitely had to endure some other learning curves with just the jump from high school to college. Um, and you know, everybody's um, like timeline is different. Right. So mine was different. Um, like I've been here six years. I guess I've became a more um, no name probably within the last three years. So I definitely had my my fair share of learning curves and stuff I had to overcome. So Southeast Guilford High School, you did just a little bit of everything, you know, for their uh, their program in, in the Greensboro area. And walk us through your playing days there, and how much fun you had playing running back, catching the ball, yeah, playing man. linebacker, and everything. Yeah, I love those days, man. Uh, I wish I could play running back again. Have you ta- have you tried to talk Coach Houston into it at all? Uh, I had a little talk with him last year about putting me in on some, uh, you know, some lead blocking packages right. for Raji. So hopefully we can get that uh, get that solidified this year. But, uh, yeah, Southeast was great, man. I loved um, playing out there. I miss all those guys. miss my coaches. 
It was definitely a great time. How how deep did y'all make it in the playoffs? Did y'all ever make it all the way to states? Yeah. So my senior year, we actually made it to states and lost to uh, Weddington. I don't really like to talk about that much, but uh, fair enough. The previous years, we were always a, a solid program, uh, above 500 program, but we usually lost in the first round. So uh, when Coach Tinsley came, my what was that junior year? Um, we lost in the first round again, and then that senior year, me and some of the other seniors, really all the seniors, kind of put that weight on our shoulders to you know get to where we always dreamed of going, and we got there and fell a little short, but it's not a dice fall, I guess. No doubt. I remember covering your recruitment, and you know you had some other offers, of course, and I think it was Scotty Montgomery was the coach at the time. And then you end up committing to him and obviously coming in with, with Mike Houston. So walk us through your recruitment. What led you to ECU originally? Yeah, I had a good amount of offers. Um, but ECU, I came up here. They hit me up on a Wednesday. I think I came up on a Friday. First time ever, you know, coming to ECU or Greenville, even though I was only two hours away from Greensboro. But, um, yeah, just as soon as I pulled up, saw the stadium, um, walked in the weight room, Saw the old weight room, which has now been totally redone. But back then, I thought that was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, saw the facilities, which been totally redone. I thought that was crazy. Um, and talked to the coaches, Coach Mo, uh, some of the other coaches that were on staff that are pretty much no longer with us. I don't think anybody from that staff is here anymore. Um, but, yeah, it just felt like home from day one. So that was definitely, definitely made ECU number one on my list uh, going forward. And then um, – I also had an offer from JMU and Coach Houston, so um, I talked to Houston a little bit and decided to stay here, committed to ECU. And you said too, you always want to go to a place where football mattered, and like obviously oh, yeah. ECU kind of fit that. So how, how much did that? Just the passion of the fan base and seeing kind of game day and, and right. everything. Yeah, back to high school, um, football was a big deal in Guilford County, um, not just my school, but the whole county. So uh, coming to here to ECU, I kind of feel that same small town, you know, community feel. Um, I love the fans. I love going to the beach on the weekends and seeing purple and gold and, and talking to the fans and um, really just everything about ECU and Greenville and the whole East Coast. Um, I feel like it really, really is who I am. So, so we talked about you playing running back in high school. You come in as an inside linebacker, right, at ECU. Yeah. Then you go to outside linebacker. Uh, the rush position, then you go to defensive end. So you, yeah. you, you got to play almost every position in this defense. So take us through learning all that and then kind of finding a home at the end. Yeah, so um, when I got here, Coach Trot, well, Blackwell was the coach who recruited me. Um, and then Coach Trot came. And I was uh, at, in the inside backer room with Coach Thweet. Um, I, was under, oh, I was under a bunch of older guys, so – um, kind of learned a little bit from them. Uh, a couple names: Bruce, Aaron, Xavier Smith, Miles Berry. That's just four that I just named off the top. But um, uh, Coach Harrell came in after that year. I think Coach Trot uh, he left, so we got uh, Coach Harrell in, and his scheme's a little different. So he saw me as a rush. Came in a rush, played a little bit. Um, I was still a younger guy, so I played under a couple people. Um, and then, what was it? Two years ago now? Two, three years ago? Um, we kind of had some depth issues at end, and I kind of fit that in persona too, you know, just my play style. So I played a little bit at end, uh, started making a, a few plays, kind of made a name for myself there, and the rest has just kind of been history. So, And, you know, you've had a lot of success for sure. We'll have J.D. Lampley in tomorrow, 
and uh, he's become kind of kind of your running mate at defensive end, yeah. I would say, because he's played D, D tackle. He can still yeah. play there, um, but he he lost a bunch of weight and moved yeah. out to end. So what, what's that relationship like between you and JD? Yeah, me and JD are cool, man. JD's definitely a dog. JD can play any position on the field. He's just right similar to me, a, a football player. Um, you put him anywhere, he'll make the most of it and try to make plays. So, uh, yeah, he, I know he's ready for this year, and, and hopefully he has a big year too. So last year, defensively, y'all had a good year statistically, you know, top 40 in total defense nationally, one of the top defenses in, in the country. Uh, how tough was it? And we tried as the media not to make it offense versus defense, but just, you know, y'all were playing well, but the wins weren't there. Um, how tough was that kind of each week, and how much does that fuel you going into a new year? Yeah, it never was offense versus defense. It's, uh crazy as that may sound with how the season went none of those guys on the defensive side of the ball ever went at the offense and you know kind of uh, shame them on them being the reason we were losing because we let up points as well there's games that uh we might have played good but a player or two here or there we could have won the game so that's how we faced it defensively and on um, this year we got a whole basically new offense new offensive coaches so right now we're really just pushing those guys and they're pushing us to you know be the best that we can be. Iron sharpens iron. I know, uh, speaking for the defensive side of the ball, we can't wait to get the spring ball and really start going against those guys and making them better. And I know them offensive guys will push us to be better as well. We had Jake Garcia, one of the quarterback transfers in here yesterday. He was saying that he's looking forward to, uh, to talking some smack. So, yeah, we'll like see. in a good way though, right? You know, like we'll that, see. that makes it fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely makes it better. Um, Holton was a big, big guy, yeah. big talker, uh, a bunch of dudes on that team. Two years ago, uh, CJ, Isaiah, some of those guys, Keaton, those were big talkers. Uh, Noah on the side, Avery. So we definitely enjoy going against each other. So that's something I feel like we we got to uh, bring back this year is definitely that competitive spirit, you know, going out every day and competing. How, how, how much are you looking forward to seeing, obviously, the quarterback battle, you know, Raheem Jeter coming back along with the two quarterback transfers coming in, and it sounds like it'll be wide open. So from a defensive perspective, you obviously you got to focus on what you're doing, but are right. you going to be keeping an eye on how the quarterbacks are playing too? Oh, yeah, I feel like you can't not keep an eye on it. Um, it's kind of the elephant in the room right now for the program. Um, I wish the best for both those guys. They're new dudes coming in. I know they've adapted well to the locker room, and we've adapted well to them. So uh, made a best man win, and yeah. It'll be fun. All right, Chad Stevens with us. We got questions on Hoist the Colors we'll get into on the other side. Got a lot of questions about JD versus Chad, and uh, we'll <laughs> get into those uh, today and tomorrow with JD. All right, this is Hoist the Colors on a Wednesday. We will be right back. Hey, what's happening, man? What's happening? Tell me. Every ECU fan's one stop for all things ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back in. Hoist the Colors on this Wednesday. Chad Stevenson Studio, ECU six-year, sixth-year defensive end. I, I can hardly say it, Chad, because, uh, you know, it's so rare, but also, awesome, man, time. no doubt. Um, we'll get into some of these questions from Pirate fans. Again, Chad joining us today. Our uh, Hoist the Colors initiative to uh, support ECU student-athletes uh, through Team Boneyard NIL. So appreciate everybody contributing to that. All right. So Pirate background Hoist the Colors wants to know spring, uh, spring ball winter workouts and mat drills with Big John and staff. He wants to know, are you, 
you guys focus more on strength, power, mass, or is it more of like a gut check this winter from a, I, I guess, a mental perspective? How would you kind of address that? I feel like it's kind of 50-50. Um, on all that? Because of this week, uh, previous weeks, last month, really all of February was was more of a gut check. We had some gut check days in the weight room, um, but this week we're maxing, and we just got done with mat drills, which is also a gut check. So um, this week we're maxing out, so we're really pushing heavy. And we've also had those good checks already, so kind of a fifty-fifty. We had somebody ask, I know later in the the questions about how much stronger you've gotten since you uh, you came to ECU. So again, six years you had time to develop. So how would you yeah. kind of uh, how have you seen your, your yourself develop in the weight room? Yeah, I feel like I've definitely gotten stronger. I don't got the proper analytics to tell you how much stronger, but I've gotten stronger and um and and gained strength in places I didn't even know I had. In so when you in. when you committed, what were you like, two ten, two fifteen, and then what what are you now? I was two twenty five when I okay when I committed uh, at inside backer, and I'm two sixty right now. Okay, so and uh, you look good, man. Look, look, yeah. Looking like a fit two sixty, yeah. so uh, you wear it well. Uh, Chad and JD's focus power backer wants to know what are y'all focused in the off season in regards to developing your body to uh, to basically better rush the passer. Like, do y'all do any specific uh, you know? training or anything there yeah so um i know i'm that's one thing that i want to get better at a lot of times we're in three down front so um if you're familiar with football three down is three on five but we're in a three tech so we're between the tackle and the guard trying to get vertical and then trying to get outside so our base d we run four and three but we run a lot of three man so it's kind of hard to rush the passer but definitely when we get in those four man uh fronts that's definitely something me and jd both want to you know, get better at try to get back there and put some heat on that quarterback. And it felt like last year, towards the end of last year, like y'all defensive line wise took a step. And part of that is getting in third and long, setting yourself up in those situations. Right. But it felt like y'all y'all started to win more of those one on one matchups. Did you kind of agree with that second half of last yeah, year? Yeah, definitely. Uh, with help from Big Tay, Surad, E, all those guys interior, um, those interior guys help us and we help them. So uh, really just. Learning to play together, um, play off of each other, learn things that I may do better than JD and JD may do better than me. E may do better than Tay and Tay may be better than E. So just learning who you're in the game with, um, picking up on Tennessee, stuff like that, all that stuff really matters come game day. So uh, obviously Tim Dow's moving on to Pittsburgh and uh, Pirate Backer wants to know, um, you know, thoughts on Rico Zachary. I know officially still hasn't been announced, and uh, I don't know if you had a chance to meet him, Chad, but, uh, you know, Coach Douse exiting, new coach coming in. Just your thoughts on that situation for your position uh-huh. room. Yeah, so I met Coach Zachary yesterday for the first time. Um, like you said, nothing has been formally done, so we really haven't got to sit down in a meeting room with him yet. Um, but from the small conversation I had with him, it sounds like he's a good dude. Uh, he comes from a football football played at uh, Georgia Southern, if I think I got that correct. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Georgia Southern, and it's coming from a winning program that he coached in Atlanta. So I'm happy to have him on board. And with the whole Coach Dallas situation, uh, it was tough to see him go. Uh, Coach Dallas really helped me a ton with where I'm at now. And, um, yeah, before Coach Dallas, it, it wasn't too much chat. But, uh, like I said, he, he helped me a lot. So I'm appreciative of Coach Dallas. There's no hard feelings between me and Coach Dallas. I'm sure he'll reach out to me, and I'll reach out to him in the future. Yeah, it's nothing but love there from me, and I feel like 
the rest of the players who uh, played under him last year. So Guilford County, obviously where you played uh, for Southeast Guilford, uh, versus Richmond, which is where J.D. Lampley is from. Uh, Power back wants to know who has more passion, the uh, Richmond Raider football program or Guilford County football? Definitely going to go Guilford County. Um, (laughs) Guilford County, no matter where you go, um, on a Friday, the game's probably going to be sold out. And depending on where you're going, you'd be lucky to get a seat. Um, So I'm going to go Guilford County all day. Fair enough, and I expect J.D. to say the opposite tomorrow. But, yeah, you know, it is what will. it is. All right, so uh, I was going to ask this, but also Sky was 32, wants to know, uh, your experience playing with your brother, Ryan Stevens, is a uh, redshirt freshman. He's playing slot receiver, played quarterback for Grimsley. Also, he led his team to the state championship too, right? Yeah, um, so uh, your brother's now in the program as a redshirt freshman. What's that experience like, man, being able to play with your brother? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, we're four years apart, so we never got to play um, – on any team or share the field with each other. So now uh, with them having the opportunity to share the field with me is, is definitely a blessing. Um, I feel like I'm kind of well, – I am his big brother, but, you know, kind of right. playing that role to him, uh, telling him what not and what to do because I've been there and made those mistakes. And if I haven't made them, I've seen somebody make them. So just trying to guide him in the right direction. And, uh Yeah. And, it, you know, I, I'm sure that plays a big advantage for him just so he came to the program knowing to, what to expect. And I'm not just saying this because you're here, but I've heard good things about Ryan, and I think he's, yeah. I think he's got a chance to be a very good football player. Yeah, uh, Ryan is an athlete, so he's a football player. No matter where you put him, he's, he's going to ball. Um, so I know he's looking forward to this spring and uh, showing what he can do, showing these new, uh, new dudes on the team what he can do and showing these new offensive coaches. So I think we're both ready for spring ball. You know, both ready for the season. We want to have big years this year, so that's the plan. Do, are we going to get any smack talk between Chad and Ryan if he gets a chance to go with the ones at definitely. all? <laughs> yes, be cool. uh, growing up, yeah, we went at it a lot, so you would definitely get that. You got to, right? Now, yeah, I got an older brother, so <laughs> I know how that goes. Um, all right, question for uh, for you that Skies wants to know. Once you're done with football, what are you uh, planning on doing? We were talking earlier. You already got your uh, your undergrad degree, and you're working on another one, man. So talk about your, your academic uh, achievements and then also any plans for the future there. Uh, yeah, so I just finished up last May um, with my business management degree, and right now I'm trying to obtain uh, another undergrad in political science. So um, hopefully I'm, right now I'm on track to finish that up in December, so that's the plan with that. And uh, past football, I'm hoping to have a great year this year. I want to break out season, like put up. Big numbers, first team all conference is my goal. Um, so I, I want to go as far as football will take me for sure. Um, but after that, I think I want to get into the real estate business, something that um, some my mom's side of the family has done. So kind of got a little bit of experience with that, but that's where I'm kind of headed towards. Okay. Well, awesome, man. And uh, awesome to hear the, the academic success. That's obviously, you know, so much is made about NIL and just, you know, the football, but it's great to see. You're right. taking advantage of the academic yes, side of things too. Uh, favorite thing about Greenville and ECU, if you can pick a, pick something. Uh, it's gonna sound cliche, but really just the people. Um, I'm a big beach guy, so I hit the beach almost every weekend in the summer, and really just going down there and, and seeing really the passion and, and the fans. The purple and gold is everywhere. Um, if I got some football stuff on, um, people are coming up to me asking me about the season and. Uh, just how things are going and how excited they are for the season. So I really do love that. I, I feel like I know it's said a lot, but I 
I can't imagine being somewhere where the fans care this much about the sports and and the the players. So I'm really appreciative of that. Uh, Skiles also wants to know what is it like with the transfer portal. You've seen you know so many other position rooms change a lot, but the D line has pretty much stayed together. Uh, what, what's it like being a part of that? Uh, it's great, man. The portal can be a blessing or a curse. Um, there's been people on our team who have left the portal and went on to do their thing, and people who that went on in the portal and kind of got lost in it. So uh, the D line, we've as well as the a lot of people on the team, we kind of, you know, sat down and had a talk. Last year was rough. Um, nobody wanted to go through that. A lot of people were, you know, kind of angry and trying to make decisions on what to do. And I feel like the D-line um, kind of led that conversation. And we don't want to be remembered as that 2-9 team, 2-10 team. It's, it's crazy. Um, so we don't want to leave our a legacy like that. So this year we're coming back. And, um Everybody's on board. Everybody's 100% bought in and um, really just trying to build, trying to build, stack days to have a good season this year. ECU Pirates backwards wants to know, will Chad or J.D. have more sacks next season and who will lead the team in sacks? Hmm. So uh, if you could, uh, give your unbiased take there. Yeah, I'm going to be unbiased and say me. Um, <laughs> but J.D., he'll have a great year too. Um J.D. is a dog. Like I said before, you put him anywhere on the field, he's going to make plays. And uh, hopefully I'm a sack leader on the team, too. That would be nice. I'm still waiting on the Sam Danka breakout like yeah. sack performance. Is that, do you think that could come? He, he Obviously, opposite position of you at Rush. Yeah. But. Um, Sam is another one of those yeah. dudes who, who is just a football player. You could put Sam anywhere on the field. And obviously, with his length and uh, his size, he'll make a difference. Um, Sam's been working hard, you know, get his body weight up, get his strength up. So I feel like people really have something forward to look to for and uh, and Sam. All right, a few more questions with Chad Stevens, ECU senior defensive end. We'll get him out of here. Uh, All right, this is always a popular question this time. It comes from Wrightsville Power 85. He says, ask which offensive linemen for ECU are the toughest to go against in practice. So uh, any guys giving you fits trying to get to the quarterback in practice? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go with the two older guys. I'm going to go with Dustin and uh, Parker. Uh, Those dudes are – Dudes has played a lot of snaps, so he's seen a lot of stuff. It's kind of harder trying to disguise stuff with them because, you know, they're older, experienced players, and um, they got good technique because of how old they are. They play a lot of ball, so definitely those two guys. I've heard Dustin's pretty tough, so y'all probably yeah. have had some battles. Yeah, Dustin's tough. He's <laughs> definitely tough. Uh, Auburn Pirate, last question from the fans. Uh, he says, two of my favorite players, J.D. and Chab. Any NFL players you guys try to emulate? So do you w- try to watch anybody at the next level at defensive end, try to emulate it, or do you, you try to you know, be your own, own self? Uh, I try to be myself, but I'm a, I'm a Steelers fan. So um, my favorite football player of all time is James Harrison, just kind of being undersized, a real strong dude, real gritty dude, um, really not scared of nobody, won't, won't ever back down from anybody. And I, that's who I kind of see myself as. So, yeah, I had to go with James Harrison. All right, Chad. Well, this has been awesome, man. I know that uh, spring break's coming up, then you guys get into spring football, and, and we, were, we were talking. You're going to take it pretty easy, right? You know, yeah, man. Go, go see the family? Go see the family. Go see the grandparents. Just chill at home. I know it's a long season ahead, so I just want to make sure my body's straight, um, everything like that for the season. 
Awesome, man. Well, hey, we'll get you back in here probably sometime in the summer before the season for another interview, uh, you and J.D. Maybe we'll try to get you all on together and let you all go yeah. at it with some of these predictions, man. But this was great, and uh, best of luck, obviously, in the upcoming season. Uh, hope, hope you have a healthy off season and everything. And sure. really, lo- really love watching you play, man. And uh, six years is a long time, but I think it, it says a lot you're still here and, and, yes, a, and a pirate, man. So uh, thanks again. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, that is Chad Stevens, ECU senior defensive end. We'll come back. We'll be joined by Bobby Howard. We'll talk about ECU's tough loss in baseball yesterday to ODU. We'll also look ahead to the weekend and talk some Pirate Hoops. They host Memphis on Thursday. This is Hoist the Colors on a Wednesday. Back to Hoist the Colors with Stephen Iko. The game. All right, welcome back in. Hoist the Colors on this Wednesday, February 28th edition of the show. Just had a great conversation with ECU senior defensive end Chad Stevens. Really enjoyed that. Now we're going to switch gears. Still talk ECU, but we're going to visit with our usual Wednesday guest. He is Bobby Harward. He joins us on our live stream from his home. And uh, still can't get away from the sickness as he's dealt with that. But, Bobby, how's it going, man? You feeling any better these days? I'm getting there. I'm about probably about 70%. So this is the... Uh longest this illness has lingered around i haven't had it for five days before which is a little ridiculous well hope you and the family are doing okay and uh we'll we'll get you back in studio soon enough but thanks for still joining us bobby today brought to you by basil 1675 east fire tower road greenville north carolina today again check them out by the movie theater great pasta salads sandwiches everything you need at basil's all right, Bobby, I don't know if you if you listened to any of our interview with Chad Stevens, but I did want to get your take just on the fact of a guy who's a six-year senior still at ECU. He's been through some tough times, been through, uh, you know, some, some ups and downs, but he said, you know, there's nowhere else he'd rather be. And, uh, you know, him and Hampton Ergel, who started as a walk-on, Hampton did, the two six-year seniors. But it in a day and age where like everybody's transferring, I think it's pretty awesome that you do have two guys in their shoes that are, are going to play a big role this year for the Pirates. For sure. Yeah, I got to catch glimpses of it. I, uh, of course, there's nothing like a toddler temper tantrum, so I had to address that for a little bit and, and miss some of his answers. But just a tremendous representative of the university, first off. That's kind of the first thing that, that comes to mind when thinking of Chad, like, you know, you mentioned it yourself. For a guy to stay at one program right now for six years is just impressive in and of itself. Um, I, I think it speaks to him and, and his values, his integrity. Um, the other thing is when he first started out here in those first couple of years, he was getting some playing time. Like, I honestly did not know if he was going to make it here. I didn't. I didn't know if he was going to guy that be a guy that was going to be able to contribute. So the work that he has put in and to be, I think he mentioned he's two sixty right now, and and doing doing a really good job of fitting into multiple positions and different things that he's being asked to do along that defensive front um, is, is really impressive, and I think just kudos to him. No doubt. Awesome to visit with Chad. We'll have again J.D. Lampley in tomorrow, fellow ECU defensive lineman. All right, Bobby, it was unfortunately, you know, we, we can talk about the good that was the UNC series, but unfortunately, like, classic ECU, let down games in basketball and baseball. So I guess we'll address the negative first. Basketball had won three in a row. You know, we, 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 how many times did we mention on the show last week? Just beat Rice. And you could have a lot of hype going into this Memphis game. 
they played arguably their worst half of conference play in the second half, lose 70-52 at Rice. And then uh, we'll just start there, and then we'll move to baseball and the lost ODU last night. But uh, did you get a chance to watch any of the game at Rice on Saturday? And if so, what were your thoughts? I watched it until about 10 minutes left, and then it was just unbearable. So I, I turned it off. It was really frustrating, not surprising. I think I had even said it on the show last last week that I, I kind of was ant- anticipating a loss because, again, I know ECU basketball way too well. But it was, it was just really frustrating from a standpoint of, like, R.J. Felton was the only guy on the court that could score for ECU. And essentially, Rice just packed everything in defensively, let – Everybody else jack up shots and, and miss them. And, and really, there was just no answer uh, to that. I mean, I, I feel bad for Mike Schwartz when that happens and, and nobody else is clicking. And because there's not – I don't know how much you can do as a head coach. Uh, again, I'm not as intertwined with the X's and O's of college basketball as much as maybe football. But, but still, it's just infuriating to watch when you see four or five guys pack it into the lane just allowing everyone to shoot, and we cannot make a shot to save our lives. Uh, very, very frustrating. Yeah, Coach Schwartz said he felt like, on Monday's coach or so, he felt like almost things had gone too well during the three-game winning streak offensively that I think the guys didn't really know how to handle missing shots, and it affected their defense too. Uh, and so that maybe led to some of the laps. But, you know, there like it was a frustrating loss, and I think the thing that makes it the most frustrating is – you kind of miss an opportunity to really have a lot of hype around this Memphis game going into Thursday. And, you know, it's still, there's still things to play for. Bobby, you look at it. East Carolina is a game and a half behind Memphis. But if you win the game, you get the tiebreaker. You're also tied with North Texas in the standings. You have a game at North Texas coming up. So the two teams that are above you in the standings at seventh and sixth place, you can pass by winning basically the next two games. So, you know, it, how do they refocus and, and come back? And, and then, you know, do you think they have a shot to beat Memphis? They'll probably be underdogs at home, but obviously, I, I think anytime East is at home, they have a chance, right? You, you'd like to think so. I do like they're trying to keep the hype and excitement around the game by doing the whiteout. I did see that was announced. Um, I, I think the other thing that's just really concerning with this team right now is. You see how much pressure is on B.J. Johnson and R.J. Felton night in and night out. And they have to be on for ECU to have a chance. And that's just that's just really difficult um, to rely on two guys and not have support scoring. I know uh, jumping back to the Rice game a little bit too, like Shorts even brought uh, Quentin DeBunje in to try to get see if he could make some shots. And, and still that didn't click. It's just, you know, I – I felt good going into the Memphis game until I've seen Memphis play the last two games. They beat FAU, and then they obviously destroyed Charlotte. Um, so not as optimistic and hopeful as maybe I was about a week ago. What do, you know? What do you think about the situation with Ezra Saar right now, Bobby? And, and we talked about it last week. He he was still engaged on the bench, you know, in the last few minutes against Tulane. But you just look at the production. Six points, five points, four points. He did score 11 versus UTSA, but six against Charlotte, seven against USF, eight against Temple. So six of the last seven games, single-digit points. And minutes aren't as much. And uh, it's just, I don't know, it's been kind of a head-scratching year in the old sophomore slump, and I think that's a big reason why that East Carolina has not had maybe the season we, we anticipated them having. 
Oh, it's definitely a contributing factor. It's kind of it's baffling. It's it's really head scratching. It's uh, honestly, and, and I don't know what the answer is because I remember that last game ECU played last year. I believe it was against Houston in the conference tournament, like or whoever it may have been. Like he went off, and I remember the announcer talking about him being an NBA prospect. And I texted a buddy, and it was like, man, this announcer needs to shut up. because SAR is going to hit the portal? And right now, we fast forward to almost a full year, and I'm wondering, all right, is Asar a big loss if he goes to the portal right now? Um, I, you would like to think that, that he could expand his jump shot, but I know that was a point of emphasis this past off season, and it doesn't seem to really click. So, you know, hopefully the, the coaching staff can kind of regather themselves, look at a bunch of cutoffs, a bunch of film from the off season, and develop a good plan for him going forward. In a, a way, I almost think it helps us to be able to retain him because maybe he's not as uh, sought after in the portal this coming off season. No doubt. I mean, he's extremely well scouted now, and teams play the spin move, and they play off of him because they know he's not going to shoot. So it's, uh, you know, unless he's playing a lesser opponent, he can just bully by. It's just going to be tough unless he develops that shot. And obviously, if he wants to transfer, that would be a a whole nother ordeal to, you know, I just think it comes down to if he wants to be an NBA prospect, he's going to have to shoot the ball. Um, And that's just the bottom line. All right, ECU does have four games left in men's basketball. Memphis at North Texas at SMU versus Charlotte. We'll continue to talk basketball on the show in the coming weeks. All right, Bobby Harwood with us. We'll talk some baseball as well. Just an incredible series, Bobby, over the weekend, North Carolina. Uh, and uh, it was college baseball at its finest. Pirates get a huge early season series win and in typical ECU fashion, we warned about the letdown game at ODU, and uh, Pirates get walked off. Just kind of a, I don't want to make excuses, but it, uh, watching the stream, like the wind was blowing out significantly. The last home run for ODU looked like a pop up uh, to medium, shallow left field, and it just kept going. So again, Pirates need to quit messing around and win some of these midweek games. I'm still not concerned yet, but it. it you know that's going to play a role. Eight and eight midweek games last year. Zero and two this year. Pirates have to figure out that bugaboo, Bobby. That's first of all. I will. I do want to address the UNC series. I yeah, thought that was just awesome baseball. All three games. Uh, that was. I didn't get to watch the second one. They have to figure something out that Saturday game. That drives me nuts. It's such a great baseball series, and we can't watch it on Saturday. So whether they. Honestly, if it allows us to watch it, I know having it at a neutral site is great, but I would much more prefer it to be at uh, one of their universities rather than a neutral site if that meant we could actually see the game from home. Uh, But regardless, it was a great series for college baseball. It was a great series for the state of North Carolina, and I think it was a great series just for each university. Like, I I mean, it was just phenomenal baseball all the way around all weekend, really fun to watch. Now, to ODU – I am a little concerned. I know I said I wasn't concerned about Campbell last week, and I'm still not even after this because uh, Campbell is just a top 25 team right now. They're ranked in the top 25. ODU, I believe, finished 10th in the Sun Belt last year, just not historically a super strong program. And what concerns me is the – depth of pitching and the bullpen depth and and what we have there. I do think, you know, being that it's early in the season, I know you mentioned this on Hoist the Colors, that eventually things will work themselves out. We will find Godwin, Cliff Godwin will find guys that he can trust in the bullpen and and late inning arms that he can rely on. Those guys 
will in turn be comfortable in those roles. But until that gets figured out, I think they're going to continue to struggle in the midweek. And this, to me, is just, I know it's poor conditions, but really isn't a game that they should lose. Yeah, it's not ideal. And next week, you're going to have to figure out something because the Pirates do play VCU twice in the midweek. They'll have a Tuesday, Wednesday midweek series, and then they go on the road to Liberty, which will be tough. So UNCW, the next midweek, uh, at Elon. That UNCW, by the way, game is on the road. So, I mean, you play a lot of games on the road in the, mid- in the midweek early, too. At NC State, they go to the road first uh, in early April. So, I don't know, Bobby, like... I guess it just, you know, you're always going to have to value the weekends most because of conference play, and you don't really have an easy weekend series. But how how much of it, too, is you just at some point do you just say, hey, this is going to be our midweek starter, and you try to develop more of a like a set plan in the midweek, or do you just keep going bullpen and hope hope you can hit your way, you know, through the midweek too? My thought would be you'd want a set starter, and, and I would think you would want it to be a younger guy, whether it's a freshman or a sophomore, that um, you know you hope to take over in a weekend spot in the ne- in the next season, assuming you're losing a starter. So that would be kind of my game plan and thought process. Again, I'm not going to critique Cliff Godwin in that area and say he's doing it wrong because obviously he's had a lot more success and is in that profession, but. Kind of my thought process is you'd want to set guy because the other thing with pitchers, man, they're they're like mindsets are are weird too. Like there's a different mindset for being a starting pitcher and then being a bullpen guy coming in. And I think it helps a guy, it helps a player when they know. All right, every Tuesday or Wednesday, I got the ball and I'm going out there and start. So they do their routine throughout the week, preparing for that Tuesday or Wednesday start, and, and rather than just kind of being told last minute that hey. Get focused, you're going in the game, or you're starting tomorrow. All right, he is Bobby Harward. Let's get a break in. We'll come back. We're going to talk some NASCAR because we have not talked about it on the show yet. My guy, Ryan Blaney, coming up just short in uh, in the Atlanta race. We'll talk about that. We'll also get Bobby's take with the weekend ahead, maybe make him predict the Memphis game and the Keith LeClaire Classic for baseball. we also got to talk. Maybe give a shout-out to softball. They host NC State tonight in a big game inside uh, Max Joyner Family Stadium. We'll be right back. This is Hoist the Colors on a Wednesday. The Pirates play here. Arr! This is Hoist the Colors Radio with Stephen Igo. Yes! That was so good! 94.3, the game. All right, welcome back in. Hoist the Colors on this Wednesday. Got about five minutes left. Patrick Johnson has rolled in. He's our live studio audience. I thought he was about to take over the show for a second. He said he just wants to do more radio. He can't can't stay away. So maybe he'll close out the show with us. All right, Bobby Harward is on line with us. And we got to talk some NASCAR guys because my guy, Ryan Blaney, and Bobby's a Penske guy. You know, Penske comes up just short of winning the uh, the Atlanta race. So, I didn't see the – I did obviously go back and rewatch it, but I was covering the UNC Sunday game, did not see the finish. Uh, you texted us, Bobby, in the thread. I also had like three other people text me and about Blaney. So it was a crazy finish, man. Did you watch it live or catch the replay, Bobby? I caught the replay. I was starting to watch it live, and then I felt like I was on my deathbed a little bit, so I fell asleep and then was – doing other things, but I, I got really frustrated. I feel like my fandom of any sport is almost cursed because 
I am a Team Penske guy, but I'm a big Joey Logano guy, and more so than Blaney. Logano and Blaney are my two, but more so Logano. And, I mean, the two races that I've followed and watched being a fan, he's wrecked in both of them. So it's just like, what the heck, man? Like 34 of the 37 cars were involved in a wreck this past week. I mean, everybody wrecked. If he, now, if he wrecks at Vegas this week, you're bad luck. But just it's drafting tracks. So don't punch yourself too much yet, Bobby. Thank you. I appreciate the uh, the vote of confidence there and just kind of lifting me back up a little bit, Philip. I appreciate it. So with that said, Bobby, what is your interest meter in the Vegas race? I know Philip has told us it's not going to be as exciting as Daytona or Atlanta. So are you tempted to tune in live on Sunday? I am. I, here's the other thing. What's really nice about NASCAR that I'm discovering is at least the start of the season, there's no NFL football. So I've, normally NFL football is what catches my attention. But because there's no NFL football, I'll definitely tune in. Um, may not always be able to say that when MLB starts up and they're playing those Sunday afternoon games, but but at least for right now I'm pretty invested. Philip, give us the quick scouting report. We'll have a another Friday segment on NASCAR, but – what, what should we expect of Vegas? Well, we should expect teams who we've, who've shown speed in qualifying thus far to be good. So, your boy Joey Logano, Team Penske, and Ford has shown a lot of speed. And speed at these super speedways comes during single-car qualifying runs. But it's hard to judge when they're all running in a pack. So I'd expect those teams to look good. I would. The Toyotas have a flatter nose on the front of the car this year. They've drafted really well, but they've qualified abysmally the last two weeks. It's going to be interesting to see if Toyota can get their junk together and have a good week. But I could see it being a rough week for the Toyotas. There you go. There's Phillips NASCAR minute. We'll have uh, we'll expand it to five minutes on on Friday when Joey Football is in with us. All right, Bobby. ECU hosts Memphis on Thursday. ESPN two linear national broadcast. Penny Hardaway, painted white game inside Menji's Coliseum. Give us a prediction. Can the Pirates pull it out? Memphis by sixteen. Memphis by sixteen. Yeah, dude, I think they're rolling again. I think Memphis is rolling again. So, and especially if Brandon Johnson is off again, dude, there's no chance. No chance. But seeing Memphis play the last two games, I, I, again, they beat FAU. They handled Charlotte the whole game. Um, my my confidence in ECU basketball is back in the pooper. Seems like a classic letdown spot for the Tigers. I got to say, on the road after two big uh, big home wins in a row. Maybe they can pull an ECU. What, what's the line? I don't think it'll come out until tonight. I would guess Memphis at least a five, six, seven point favorite if I had to, to guess. But I don't well, know. Here, it, a week and a half from today, we can start betting on these games. That so is true. It's going to make it even more interesting. Then the Leclerc Classic, because we've got about a minute left with Bobby. Purdue on Friday, Cal State Fortune Saturday, Southeastern Louisiana Sunday. Do you think the Pirates bounce back on the diamond this weekend? I do. They're starting pitching. I mean, they're show, throwing their two aces again. So I think Friday and Saturday are W. Um, Southeast Louisiana, I don't know much about them, so this is pure assumption. But I would think, I mean, honestly, Hunter's been throwing well, too, on Sunday. So really all three of those starters have been throwing great. I'm excited to see Cal State Fullerton. Um, I always loved watching them in the College World Series growing up. So just excited to see them here in Greenville. I appreciate it, Bobby. As always, thanks, man. We'll see you uh, hopefully in studio next Wednesday. 
hopefully. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Best wishes to you and the family getting over that illness. Casey Romaley in the YouTube comments section, he says, Pirates by eight. He has called his shot for Thursday for the Memphis game. All right, we got to get out of here. Maybe we'll turn over the studio to Patrick Johnson next as he is going to take over. This has been fun. Thanks to Chad Stevens, Bobby Harward as well. We'll be back Thursday at 12 noon with J.D. Lampley. See you then. This has been Hoist the Colors with your host, 